I welcome you once again to another time of studying God's Word. Uh, we've been looking at Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, God's perspective about the believer. We've looked at verse 1, verse 2, verse 3 of chapter 1, and today we'll continue from verse 4. I would like us to read through the previous verses. Let's read from verse 1 of Paul's epistles, chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. According as he had chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Let's take verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved. Now, if you look at verses 4, 5, and 6, they are all saying the same thing because you will never see the full stop until verse 6. So, if you read verse 3 also, you also see that what you see there is a full colon showing to you that verse 4 of that scripture is closely attached to a tree. So he has not finished saying what he was saying when he said, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, according is also in line with what we are saying. So he has not finished that statement. That's a long statement. So the reason why they broke it down into bits is because of the statements along. Verse 3, verse 4, and verse 5, and 6 is a one statement that began from verse 3. We are going to look at 4, 5, and 6 in line with what we have said. God blessed us with all spiritual gifts. Don't forget that that's what we said, that the spiritual blessings there are the spiritual gifts. So God blessed us with all spiritual gifts in heavenly places in Christ Jesus because we came out of Christ Jesus because we are united with Christ as a result of that by inheritance. We inherited the gift of Christ. Like we see in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 downwards that he began to explain. But notice that it is according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Here is the Holy Ghost through the pen of Paul saying to the believer that we have been chosen. So this blessing that we received in heavenly places is also a function of a plan that God had masterminded before the world began. These spiritual gifts that we receive is not a result of what we have done. Is a result of what he had planned. And should I say this by extension that every believer, even before you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and we receive these gifts of the Spirit, God had already beforehand know the gifts that you are going to receive. How do we know that? Because he knows, I told you before that, gifts qualifies you for the offices that you are in. So therefore, God already knew beforehand the gifts that you will receive. So by extension, God has masterminded that he will choose you before the foundation of the world began. That means that God had concluded that nobody will be able to come to him or stand before him except it is in Christ Jesus. This has nothing to do with 
Genesis chapter 3 where man fell. So long before man fell, before the world began, God had already began a plan. Someone said that uh, when man fell, God started making plans. No, God did not start making plans when man fell. You read here in the scripture, he said that according as he had chosen us when in Christ Jesus, before the foundation of the world, as a believer, you are chosen when before the foundation of the world, God has proposed that you will only be able to be accepted before him in Christ Jesus. Now, what this means for us then is that this has nothing to do with even Adam and Eve's sin. Because here we are seeing it clearly that it has nothing to do with Genesis 3. This is entirely what God had proposed and planned before the foundation of the world. Now the question that someone can ask me is to say that, did God plan Adam and his falling? No, there is the difference between foreknowing and predestination. You can foreknow something and it does not mean that you are the one that destined that into be so. So God did not destine Adam to be condemned, but rather what he did was to know the end from the beginning. And from that perspective, he chose us that the whole world is going to be acceptable in Christ Jesus. And this makes sense for us if we look at it. How does this make sense for us? Because it will show evidently that man on his own will never be able to please God. Because we saw that clearly from the beginning that the first man fell. On his own he fell. So God knew that this is going to be the destiny of humans if left on their own. So God had foreknown that fall that happened in Genesis 3. Therefore God also what? God also had planned it long before. That we are all going to be accepted before God. In other words, we are chosen in Christ Jesus. So when God was seeing the destiny of humans, when God was seeing our destiny, he was seeing us in Christ Jesus. And this is our destiny. Before creation even began, God had already proposed in his heart that man will only be able to stand before him in Christ Jesus. And it is by nothing else. So God had proposed that man will not be able to stand before him and brag. Listen to the word here. He said, God chose us. He has chosen us in Christ. Which means that we are not the one that chose God. God is the one that chose us. And he chose us long ago in Christ Jesus. And this is no surprising because we read the scriptures. The Bible also said that Jesus Christ is the lamb that has been slain before the foundation of the world. If Jesus Christ has been slain before the foundation of the world, why was he slain? He was slain because of you and I. That meant that God did not have a plan B all along. God was saying to the devil, do your worst. Make out of creation what you can make out of it. But I already see the end from the beginning and I have seen that I will gather everybody in Christ Jesus. So before the book of Genesis began, there was an intention in the heart of God about us. So whatever the devil is doing, God is not disturbed. 
You know, God is not afraid. God is not terrified. God does not have plan B for mankind. God always have plan A. And God's plan A and his only plan is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So, God saw us in Christ Jesus. Before Jesus Christ died physically, before he went to the cross physically, God already saw us in Christ Jesus. And said, I will accept them only in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is interesting. So this shows you how much that God thinks about you. Do you remember that scripture that says that, I know the thoughts that I have for you. And you read another scripture still in Isaiah that says that, As high as the heavens from the earth, so high is my thoughts from yours. So just when you are thinking that you are in a deep mess, God said, mm -mm. Before the mess came, I already sent Jesus, I provided Jesus. Before you are even formed in your mother's womb, I already made provision for Jesus Christ because of your mess. Long before you fell into the trap of the devil, long before the devil came and messed everything up, God already had his plan A in motion. So when you read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, down to the New Testament, it is just God's will in motion. God was just unveiling his will. When the devil thought that I've had man, God was saying, God was like, no, no, no. Now I'm going to show you how cool I am. And God began to introduce to us his salvation story. Now you see here that he said he has chosen us in him, that is in Christ Jesus, before the foundation of the world. Now listen to the good part. He said that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. <laughs> Glory to God. So what this means then is that it is because we are in Christ that we are holy, that we are blameless, and that we can stand before God in absolute confidence of love. What this then means for you is that it is not what you did. Alright, so long before the law was given and men began to do their own righteousness, God already saw where he was going. And where he was going is Christ. And he said that in Christ, he chose us that we will be holy. So how are you holy? I'm holy because I'm in Christ. And how am I without blame? To be without blame is that you are faultless before God because you are in Christ. And he said, that you'll be able to stand before him in love. Now, if you read the book of the Old Testament and you read Adam's story that I read to you last week, you find out that after Adam's sin, you could not stand before God in love. You could not stand before God flawless. And definitely, he was out of God. So he was taken apart from God. The Holy Ghost is saying to us here that, look, it was not the fault here that made God send Christ. God already determined long ago that Christ is going to come. And it is in Christ that the whole creation will stand before him holy. That it is in Christ that the whole world is going to stand before him without fault. And that it is in Christ that the world is going to stand before him in love. Before we are separated from God and that's death. Now we are what? We are holy which is set apart from God. Before Adam could not stand before God because of the consciousness of sin in his heart. Now the Bible is saying that we are standing before God without blame because of Christ. 
Before we cannot stand before him in love because we are filled with guilt and the terror of his presence. Now he's saying that we can stand before him in love because of his grace. Hallelujah. This is interesting. So you and I, God has preordained us before sin came to the world. That's what I'm trying to get out to you. That before sin came into the world, God said, I've chosen you in Christ Jesus. It is not what happened in Genesis 3. It is far more greater. So this account that you are reading in verse 4 of Ephesians actually is what God has preordained before Genesis account. This is a prehistoric account. This is something that is in the heart of God. Now, if you look at verse 5, he said, having predestinated us. So you see the word that in love, he said he has predestinated us. In other words, he has designed us. Predestiny is that before you were born, before you came to your mother's womb, there is already something written about you. There is a design that has already been stretched out and laid out even before you came to the scene. And he's saying that he has predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. So God adopted us in Christ Jesus, his only begotten son. God has decided that in whom he is well pleased. God has said that I'm going to accept the whole creation in Christ Jesus. So whether you sin by acts or whether you sin by Adam's sin, it does not matter. What matters here is that there is already a design at work. And that design is that God has adopted us in Christ Jesus to himself. So God has brought us to himself in Christ Jesus. He said, according to the good pleasure of his will. I love this part when he said, according to his good pleasure of his will. Do you know what that means? That means, therefore, that it gives God pleasure that this design, that this script, as it were, that was designed by God, that was orchestrated by God, is something that pleased God. He said, according to the good pleasure of his will. In modern language, we say according to his good intentions. So according to the pleasing intentions of God's heart, it pleased God that by this way is how we will come to him. That's what, that's what the Holy Ghost is saying there. That God is pleased to bring us to himself this way. So it was not Genesis 3 that brought Christ. You know some of us think, oh, it's because of Genesis 3. What happened in Genesis 3? God already knew. God already wanted us to be in Christ. God already wanted that no man will be able to stand and boast before him. Or no man will say that it is by my works that I came to know God. It is by my works that I came into the family of God. It is by my strength that I can stand before him. God already said, "Mm -mm -mm. this is going to happen according to my design. So there was a design before Genesis 1. There was a design before Genesis 3. And this is the intention of God. That's why it's called His will. So this is the testament of God because will is testament. So this is testament of God. This is God's intention. Before it ever happened, before Genesis 1, 2, 3 ever happened. Now in verse 6 he said, to the praise of the glory of His grace. Wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved. Now, I want to say something here that is very striking uh, before we read the Old Testament because it's always good to backtrack a bit, read the Old Testament. I want to say something here that the intention of God was never for man to know him as a God full of wrath. You know, we read that in, in Exodus, and maybe we should take time to read Exodus chapter 34 verse 5 he said and the lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the lord 
And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abundance in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sins. So how do God want us to know him? God wanted us to know him from the perspective of being merciful, being gracious, being patient, abundance in goodness. There it talks about grace. So he said abundance in grace and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. So you read this and you, you are amazed. So when you come to verse 6, he said to the praise of the glory of his grace. After we sit down and we look at how God saved us, God will want us to praise the glory of his grace. Um, the way glory is used here shows the abundance of his of his grace or the riches of his grace so god wanted us by knowing this this predestination and seeing his goodwill is so that to the so the end result of doing that is so that today we can sit back you and i can sit back and look at the greatness of god's grace and say wow this is just so much. This is just great. God wants us to know him from the perspective of his grace. You know from verse 2, we said God sees us from the perspective of his grace. Now, verse 6, God wants us to see him from the perspective of his grace. So, it will be wrong from you. It is not New Testament teaching to, for a believer to know God from the position of his wrath. That's not New Testament teaching. To know God from wrath, to know God from punishment, to know God from judgment, to know God through any other thing, is vengeance or whatever. The Bible is saying here that to the praise of the glory of his grace. And that is why today we are shouting grace, grace, grace. In the old covenant, when people were to come before God, you see trembling, you see fear. But today, when people say, the Lord is here, you can see the rejoicing. Everybody is expectant. Our hearts are open up because we know that what we are going to receive is going to be grace upon grace and forgiveness upon forgiveness. So today you are seeing that in Ephesians verse 6, he said to the praise of the glory of his grace. So God ordained all these things before Genesis 1. Why? So that by looking at the way God chose to save us, by looking at the fact that God loads us every day with benefits of grace, we can now praise his grace. That our thanksgiving can be like, thank you for grace. That the thing that men will elevate beyond every other thing is the grace of God. That is why today we are shouting grace, 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 grace. That is why today the gospel is the gospel of God's grace. That our sins are forgiven. That our iniquities are pardoned. That there is a God that said, stop your work and accept my own work. That the greatest work that we are doing is today is the work of believing. The Bible says that he that has believed and entered into his rest. And that is what we are doing today, that he said that we will praise the glory of his grace. We are adopted, it means that that is not your work. Someone that is in the motherless baby home, for example, does not determine how he's going to be adopted. Has little to do with his adoption. Parents that comes to the motherless baby home, that see the kid, that loves the kid, that goes through every process, that pays the money and 
go through all the legal fees to ensure that that kid is adopted. Now, in the same vein, we also were adopted in Christ Jesus. God said, sit, this is my work. So God filled the legal form in Jesus Christ. And God paid the price in Jesus Christ. And God chose us in Jesus Christ. From the beginning to the end, this is God at work. This is the design that God has designed before Genesis chapter 1 even began. Hallelujah. I'm just so excited knowing this. So God wants you to know him. If there's any teaching today that all you are seeing God for is wrong, God is going to judge me for your wrongdoing. God doesn't judge you for your wrongdoing at this present time. I can say that categorically. Why? Because today you are standing before him without blame, in love. So how you relate to God now is in love. You've done something wrong, agreed. But God is relating to you in love. And God wants you to relate back to him in love. I missed it, agreed. But the, the reason why God came, the reason why God, how God sees you is in Jesus Christ. He sees you as someone who is perfect in Jesus Christ. Because you did not come to him by your action. Then it was necessary for him to look beyond your action always. This is so good. So because that if you have been the one that began with your works, there would have been need for you to continue in your works. That was what the law is about. The Bible says that the law said that he that do these things must continue in them. Cause is any man that does not continue in them. So God wanted to deal with that issue because man was inconsistent. So he brought Jesus Christ, whom he loved. He said, behold my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. So you are in Jesus Christ when God said that. So what that means is that when God looks at him, he said, Behold my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. He said, But I have not done anything. No, Jesus Christ did it. So as long as you are in Jesus Christ, you are well beloved. You are standing before God perfect. You are standing before him flawless. Hallelujah. And you are standing before him in love. Jesus Christ is the love of the Father. He is a complete perfect man that God will accept. And that is why the Bible said he accepted us in the beloved, in verses, to the praise of the glory of his grace. We would not be able to praise his grace if it is done by our own works. But thank God, God brought the solution. You see, Adam was standing before God by obedience. Isn't that interesting? Adam, which is our first father, was standing before God by his obedience. So when Adam sinned, we sinned all together with him. <laughs> but in Jesus Christ, as Jesus Christ was perfect, today we didn't do anything to become the righteousness of God. Just like we didn't do anything in Adam and we inherited that sin. Today, God is seeing us, the whole of mankind, there in the beloved. So you are perfect before God. So you are loved before God. And you can love God back. And you can praise His grace because you are there, not by what you did but according to God's design praise God so I can stand today in love irrespective of what I've done when your heart condemns you and tells you you are not good enough that is not from the Holy Spirit that is not from God how, how do we know that? Because he says here clearly that he has predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Because God knew that man will not be able to stand perfect before him. So God designed that we will only be accepted in Jesus Christ. So our work ceased and we can love God out of a clean heart and we can relate to God in love. Every day we can stand before God in love. Every day we can stand and know that we are flawless. 
Now, I'm showing you this so that you can know that this is a design that God has already designed. God accepts you because of Jesus Christ. If you believe that Jesus Christ died for you, that Jesus Christ was raised from you, for you, also believe that this is what the gospel says, that we are accepted in the beloved. If you, There is nothing that God will accept outside of Christ. If you are trying to keep the law so that God can be pleased with you, you are missing the point, and you are not going to be accepted. The only way we are accepted is in Christ, who is the beloved son. So, our adoption took place in Jesus Christ. Just like our adoption took place in Adam in the natural. So also in the spiritual, our adoption took place in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And today we are accepted in the blood. And this is why we can now sit down. That when we have a revelation of this, we can now praise the glory of His grace. The reason why people don't appreciate the grace of God today, and the reason why people are saying that works, 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 they, that they want to do something to please God, is because they don't know that they are accepted in the beloved. Each time you see that it is not by what you did, it is not the sin that you've sinned yesterday, that makes you stand perfect before God, that makes you stand faultless before God, that makes you stand in love before God. There is a dawning that comes to you that makes you praise the glory of God. So our works does not allow us to praise the grace of God. It is what it is not doing the works that makes us what praise the glory of his grace. Hallelujah. And I want to say this to you: what it means to be predestinated and accepted in the beloved. Now, let me tell you a, a story that you know of the story of Isaac. Now, I want to show you something that is interesting. Just come with me to the book of Genesis. We'll read chapter 15. We'll read 17 as well. Let's read from verse 1 of chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and your exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing that I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. 3. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be in thy heir, but he that shall come forth out of thy own bowels shall be thine heir. 5. And he, and he brought him forth abroad and said look now toward the heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them and he said unto him so shall thy seed be he said and abraham believed in the lord and he counted it to him for righteousness you find this story here that abraham was saying that i'm without child someone yet is going to inherit all my properties all my belongings and god is saying no 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 no. you are going to have a child of your own go and look at the stars and if you can count them so will your seed be and if you look at 17 again god came to him after approximately 12 years and i want to read a um, few of the things that god said to abraham here in verse 15 and god said unto abraham as for sarah thy wife Thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall come out of her. 17. Then Abraham fell on his face, and laughed, and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is an hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? 
18. And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. 19. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son, indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with a seed after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard thee, behold, I will, make, I will bless him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. Twenty-one, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. You know, this is an interesting aspect of scriptures. I, I, I want to say this to you, and um, because God speaks from the perspective of eternity. Now, what am, what am I saying? Now, here is the destiny of Isaac being decided even before Isaac was conceived. Hallelujah. So you see Isaac here. God was telling um, Abraham when Isaac shall be begotten. He even named Isaac before Isaac came to the scene. Before they even had the sex that would bring about Isaac. God was already speaking about Isaac. And God already said to, I, um, to Abraham that he will make his covenant with Isaac and with his seed. Notice that Ishmael was there, but God didn't choose Ishmael, right? God chose um, Isaac. So that was the same way, that is the same way it is with us. Now, ever before we come to the scene, God was establishing his covenant with us in Christ Jesus. And God was saying that he will accept us, he will accept the seed of Isaac. Why will God accept the seed of Isaac? It's very obvious here because God chose that it is he will make his covenant with Isaac. And by extension of that, the children of Israel came as a result of being offspring from Isaac. So why did God love the children of the nation of Israel? Because they came from the womb of Isaac. So this had nothing to do with Israel. But Israel did not choose God. God chose Israel. God chose Isaac. God chose Abraham. Now, I want to tell you why this is very interesting for us today. You see, Adam was like Ishmael. A man that works by his own strength and what happened? Messed up. And we were like that children there. We partook of him. But God didn't make his covenant with, with Adam, right? But you see, in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the Isaac. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Jesus Christ is our Isaac. And God made his covenant with Jesus Christ. He said, the Lord has sworn to him that he said, Thou art a priest after the order of Melchizedek. He said, it was in Jesus Christ that we are blessed. Just like the nation of Israel was blessed in the bowels of Isaac, the same way God made his covenant with us in, in Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? So you find it so covenant here, and God is always trying to paint the picture of his grace to us. So in Isaac, we are accepted, just like we are accepted in Jesus Christ. So in Jesus Christ we are accepted Just like the nation of Israel Who are called the people of God Are accepted in Isaac Just like in Abraham God did not make the covenants with Adam But made the covenants with Jesus Christ His covenant is with Jesus Christ 
Glory to God. So the covenant that it will be accepted for life, that he is beloved, that we are beloved, was made to us who in Jesus Christ. So if you can believe the natural evidence of it, uh, like we are saying here, that because the Bible is saying that kings shall come out of him. He said kings of people. So a nation of kings shall come out of Abraham, shall come out of the loins of Abraham. Today we are kings and priests by virtue of what we have, what we have inherited in Jesus Christ. So you can see the allegory here that you can say that Adam is a type and shadow of Ishmael who was born in the flesh by the will of man and we are born out of the will of man. Today we are also born out of the word of God. You know the Bible says that for us. It said we are born out of the will of God. So as Isaac is the will of God, so also we are told the will of God. And I want to show you that again. First Peter chapter 1 verse 18. I just love the whole part. I wish you can just read the whole chapter, but let's read from 18. Say, for as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, that's your vain religion, by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Note there, he said faith and hope. He didn't talk about your works. In verse 22, he says, See, you have purified your souls. Past tense, your souls have been purified in obeying the truth. That's the truth of the gospel. Through the spirit unto unfailing love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. 23. Being born again. So we have been born again. Not of corruptible seed, which is the seed of man, which is the um, the male sperm that we are talking about, um, um, by which natural birth takes place. He said, but of incorruptible, which is what? He said, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So we are born again, hallelujah, by the will of God and by the word of God, because the will of God is the word of God. Now, if you look at the first part of Genesis 15, look at something that was explicit there in verse comes to being born. If you look at um, chapter 15, verse 3, it said, And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Look at verse 4. He said, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thy heir. So we, we are born as out of the word of God, out of the promise of that word. So just like Isaac was the promised one, and his seeds we are the destined one, his seeds we are the um, the one that God made the covenant to, so also we in Christ Jesus, we are born by the word of God, and not only that, we obtain the covenants and inheritances of God. Do you remember that the scripture says that for all the promises of God are in Christ Jesus, they are what? They are yes and they are so. They are so. You find that that we are accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. I just love that part that we are accepted in the beloved. So it was not anything Israel did that made Israel to be beloved in the sight of God. If you can believe that in the natural, then you have to believe this in that God chose us in Christ Jesus. Just like God rejected Ishmael, 
even though he was the son of Abraham, the same way God too, there are two people standing before God. We have Adam <laughs> and we have Jesus. So just like Ishmael was born of the, of the will of man or Ishmael followed after the will of the flesh, Adam also followed that line. But just like Jesus Christ is the will of God, came by the word of God, that God will make his covenants with him and his seed will be accepted. We are also accepted in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And today we can stand in this confidence. So this was the thoughts that God had long before. So God was using Abraham to bring to mind so that we will remember that this story is not really about us. It's about God who proposed everything. He said after the counsel of his own will. So when next we'll be studying, we'll be looking at verse 7 and 8 and 9 and 10. It's going to be an awesome time. So thank you for listening. Keep standing before God holy because that's what you are. You've been sanctified. You are standing before God flawless and you are standing before him in love. I I hope that you will see that about God today. You will see him how he sees you. And you will see him how he wants you to see him too. And we thank God for such a grace. I praise the grace of God. You know, when I read this, I'm just laughing because I'm praising the grace of God. And I hope that you will do the same. I thank God for what he has done for us in Christ Jesus. My name is Paul Aremo Until we meet again. Bye-bye.